probably one of the biggest needs is an understanding of how forgiveness fits into the healing process. Absolutely. It comes up whether you're moving forward in your relationship or whether you're moving forward as an individual. How do you move forward in the most healthy way possible? And I think forgiveness is a huge part of that. It is. I mean, we would agree with that. And yet there are a lot of people that struggle with understanding what it means. Mm -hmm. And frankly, even wondering whether they should be expected to forgive such a great offense. Sure. Especially with the pain of infidelity. I think it's easy to say, they don't deserve my forgiveness. They did something truly painful. That's devastated me. Why do I owe them anything? So we've written about forgiveness. We've talked about it before, but we want to spend this episode of a podcast just looking at the issue of forgiveness. What does it mean? How do we get it in our life? What gets in the way of it? And why is it even important? Welcome to The Recovery Room a podcast presented by AffairHealing.com. Here are your hosts, Tim Tedder and Jennifer Gingras. The sexual aspect I can forgive. Um, I can actually, that's not even my biggest issue with the affair. It's the uh, betrayal and lies portion that I'm struggling with. Jen and I are both counselors at Currents Counseling Center and we're active in the forums and as coaches through AffairHealing.com. So we spend a lot of our lives dealing with the issue of affair recovery and all the different parts and the steps that people go through trying to get to healing on the other side of such a significant wound. You and I have talked a lot about this I think you agree that forgiveness is one of those things that comes up a lot. Sure, absolutely. So people have a lot of ideas about what forgiveness is or what's expected of them Mm -hmm. or what it means if they're going to forgive somebody. What is forgiveness? Well, for me, I, I believe forgiveness is a choice that you make to move forward without holding on to anger and resentment regardless of what the other person has done or chooses to do in the future. Yeah, and I know that that kind of definition is probably discouraging and disheartening to a lot of people because sure. they don't want to just make a choice. No, they there's just want this, a feeling. Well, yeah, well, there's this pain here mm. and there's this offense that was done against them and they want some hope that there's going to be some resolve to that. Mm. Not that I'm just going to have to accept this cruel thing and somehow stumble forward. Forgiveness is not forgetting what was done to you. It doesn't mean because you choose to forgive, you then forget. And it no longer affects you at all for the rest of your life. I think a lot of people that come from a religious background may have in Mm. mind that there's a verse in the Bible that talks about the forgiveness of God. And I remember your sins no more. Mm -hmm. And so this idea of somehow forgiveness means that it should never come to mind again. Right. And so if I say I forgive you and the next morning I wake up and I feel the hurt and it turns to anger, then obviously I haven't forgiven you. Yeah, I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. Okay. Unless I agree. they develop a surgery where you can go remove specific <laughs> memories. Sure. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to forget what happened to you, nor are you going to forget the decisions that somebody else made that hurt you. Yeah, neither do I think even the Bible says that God somehow has a lobotomy. Right. You know, it's not that he never can think about it anymore. It's the choice we make about that past offense that makes the difference. Right. So it's not forgetting. 
And it's not excusing or justifying either because I forgive you doesn't mean what you did was okay. Well, I think a lot of times that's the feeling. People, well, mm-hmm. if I forgive this person, then I'm somehow excusing what they've done. Forgiveness isn't either saying that what they did was okay, what their behavior was okay. It's learning to let go of the emotional anger and bitterness that was a result of what they did. Easier said than done. Sure. So hopefully, absolutely. Hopefully, as we talk through this, we can be of some help to people understanding how to get through that mm-hmm. process. I, I don't think forgiveness is simply um, giving up either. No. In other words, okay, so this terrible thing's been done. Nothing I can do about it now. So I just got to resign myself mm-hmm. and trudge forward. And somehow that's what forgiveness looks well, like. Well, that's not genuine. And I don't think yeah. you'll get the benefits that forgiveness has to offer if it's not a genuine forgiveness. So the hope that we can genuinely offer people who are listening right now is that no matter how deep the pain was, no matter how great the offense was, there is a way for you today to be moving towards forgiveness. Absolutely. But before we get to the how, let's talk about why. Why do it? I think one reason people don't often think about is actual the physical health benefits Hmm. to forgiveness. Because when you're holding on to anger and bitterness and negativity, your body feels that and that can result in anxiety, depression, increased blood pressure. You know, it's interesting. We think of the seed of emotion. We picture that being the heart. Mm-hmm. In more ancient days, that seed of emotion was, was viewed as being in the stomach, you mm-hmm. know, down in the bowel. Because yeah. so many of our emotions come out in, in the way the body experiences, you know, digestion. And, but you're right. I mean, it turns into physical problems sure. when we hold on to negative emotions. Mm-hmm. So for emotional health, for physical health. And also, I think it's necessary for healing. And that could be healing in your relationship or that could be healing for you as an individual, even if your relationship doesn't move forward in a positive way. Yeah, there definitely tends to be a different outcome that we observe in people that are able to work through forgiveness Mm -hmm. and those who are unable to do it. Sure. And maybe the generic way to describe it would be those who work through it tend to be healthier. Mm -hmm. Those who tend not to work through it tend to not be healthy individuals. Or have as healthy relationships. Yeah. You know, this is about getting to a better place. And we believe that forgiveness is one of the ingredients necessary to get to that healthy place. Yeah. So when they say forgiveness is really for yourself, it truly is. Because it frees you from all that pain and all that past and puts you on the road that you choose to take every day, kind of like a drug addict that you're not going to go there anymore and be mean or nasty or vile because of what happened to you in your life. I think that if we could all sit down in a group and just talk about how we want to experience life and relationships, most would agree that the kind of life I want to experience, the kind of relationships I want to be in, the kind of world I want to live in is one that's characterized by grace and forgiveness Mm -hmm. rather than ruled by justice. Sure. I mean, justice has its place. Mm -hmm. But when we're talking about life and relationship, most people would agree that having experienced grace and forgiveness themselves is much preferred over an experience of payback, justice. Mm. I'm never going to let you forget this. It's easy to have this line Mm. 
of offense. Sure. That everything under that line, if that's done to me, okay, I can get over that. Mm -hmm. I can forgive that. But if you go above this line, forgiveness stops working. Mm -hmm. I I want to live in a world where there really isn't a line. Yeah. I mean, I want to live in a world where there is rule, where there is justice. And I'm going to leave that to the authorities and the police and the courts and all of that most of the time. But it's been helpful for me to know that I didn't cross a line at some point in my life where now I can never hope for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I can never experience grace because I crossed that line. That's been important for me personally. Maybe you haven't crossed that imaginary line in your head, but you've needed grace. Mm -hmm. Jen, you've needed grace and forgiveness. Yeah, we we all do. Yeah. But we as humans often measure what I've done isn't so bad, but what he did or she did, well... That's just too much. Well, and and to be honest, this betrayal Mm. is one of the deepest hurts we can experience. And so if we're ever going to wrestle with forgiving someone, looking at someone who betrayed us, Mm -hmm. who promised us one thing, who said, I'm giving you my heart and my faithfulness, and then took that away, it's a challenge. Absolutely. Nobody said it was going to be easy. No. So forgiveness is still important, Mm -hmm. but it is a a measure of forgiveness. I mean, when there's been a great offense, great forgiveness is required. When there's been a little offense, someone accidentally bumps into me and says, I'm sorry, I don't have to wrestle with whether I should forgive them anymore. So it's a little bit of forgiveness or grace is is needed. But in a huge offense, like betrayal, we've got to wrestle with what does big forgiveness look like? And how do I get there? Yeah. So let's talk about big forgiveness and how do we get it? Well, I think it's first really important to understand that it is a process and it is a journey. It's not some overnight change where you're going to wake up and everything is perfect and you've forgiven them and it's never going to affect you again and life is great. How long of a process? I think that depends. (laughs) I think everybody's journey is different. A lot of it could depend on how remorseful your partner is Mm -hmm. and that can lend itself to maybe a quicker journey than others. It can also be affected by how often you've been hurt in the past, if you have a history of either abandonment Mm -hmm. or betrayal in your past at all, this is going to touch a nerve and forgiveness might be a little bit more of a challenge. Yeah, I think it's important not to compare where you are in your journey to where somebody else is because you don't have the same background, like you said, or you're not on the same path, even though the ultimate result or hope is that you're able to reach forgiveness. Among the big mix of all different kinds of individuals and couples that we see, I mean, I've, I've seen forgiveness play out in different ways. And there have been some that have been able to move genuinely to forgiveness mm-hmm. relatively quickly. Now, I'm always suspect of a couple that comes in and in their first session, an affair was recently found out and the betrayed spouse just looks and said, well, I've already forgiven this. Mm. Let's move on. Let's move forward. I just don't think it, comes that quickly. And almost every time when someone makes that quick declaration, I know that sometime within the next few days or next couple weeks, they're going to be backstepping from that. All of a sudden they're going to be saying, hey, why am I so angry right right now? So it is a choice. Yes. The part of the process is making that choice towards forgiveness. But if you make it too soon and for the wrong reasons, it's not genuine. So you're not going to get the same benefits as if it was a genuine forgiveness. So allow yourself time to be patient It's not going to come real quick, even after the pain of infidelity. So let's back up. Mm -hmm. You and I, we were talking about it. We came up with four steps of the process. And and there might be more or less, but these seem to be the important steps towards forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Starting with clarity. Yeah. What does that mean? 
gaining insight into what the injury was, what mm-hmm. the betrayal was, right. what does this look like for me, and what are the emotions that are being triggered, and is this something that I'm going to have to deal with forever? So it's just gaining the true perspective of what was the offense that was done against mm-hmm. me? How was it affecting mm-hmm. me? Sure. If you don't understand what you're dealing with, how do you forgive it? You may not have all the details and maybe you just have a general idea of what happened. That doesn't mean you can't forgive. Right. If the offense, if the betrayal was a picture and before you can move past this, you've got to see it clearly enough to forgive it. I think that a person needs to know the dimensions mm-hmm. of the frame. Yeah. Like when did this start? When did it end? How far did it go? And I think that's important. In fact, it can start working against forgiveness the more details Mm. you find out because those pains are difficult sometimes to work through. And all these little bits of clarity of the affair become hooks in you Mm. that's really hard to move past. Right. So if I'm going to say, what does a person need to gain clarity for in order to forgive? That's probably different for every person. Mm -hmm. But I often tell betrayed spouses, you need to know enough and only enough for you to be able to forgive and to move on. Once you've gained clarity of the situation, you have the frame, like we've talked about, of Mm -hmm. what happened, what is needed to be forgiven. And now it's looking at what does forgiveness mean for me? Hmm. And maybe I haven't made that decision yet to move towards forgiveness, but what do I need to do to then make that choice to move forward? And this is the step where someone decides, am I gonna do this or not? Yeah. And some people choose not to. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've told the story of the couple that came in 10 years after the affair. I was the fourth counselor they came to, and they hadn't been able to move past the affair. And after a couple sessions, I just asked her, what would it take for you to forgive him? And she answered quickly, oh, I'll never forgive him. Mm. Well, she made the choice. Yeah. I'm not going to forgive him. And that was my last session with them because I said, well, I probably can't help you get past this because right. this is always going to be in your way. Yeah. My spouse has not forgiven me for my infidelity, um, and I have tried everything that I can think of and that I've read about or listened to in podcasts to show them how truly remorseful and sorry I am for my awful behavior. But what I'm finding is that without forgiveness, we can't move forward, and we have decided to stay together and make the marriage work. We both love each other very much. But it's like we're stuck. You know, it's just holding us captive until he's able to forgive me. And I know that that's a very difficult thing to do for him and could take a very long time. I'm in it for the long haul. But it also seems that it's tearing down the relationship the longer it goes on that he can't forgive me. Because when I go back to, you know, within the first couple months after I disclosed this to him, we were doing better, and now it just seems it's just it's eating him up inside, you know, like leprosy that just continues to eat away and eat away. Um, I'm an open book. He's He's got everything and access to everything, and I just don't know what else to do. So once you've made that choice, you've made the decision, I want to move toward forgiveness, the next step would be effort. What do you, what steps do you take then to move in that direction. I mean, it doesn't just come naturally and easily. It doesn't, no, I think some people wait for that. They just want to wait for that thing to turn inside them where I can just forgive now. Yeah. But we see effort as being work. That effort is the choice to stop 
turning around and facing the past Mm. and looking at the offense and looking at the betrayal and looking at the pain and looking at all the facts surrounding it. And I keep going back to that and I'm so aware of it. And every day I turn around and I consider that again and I ask questions about it. Forgiveness is that effort to begin turning away from that. And it feels vulnerable. Sure. Because, I mean, there's pain there. I Absolutely. want to keep facing it until, I don't, until it's all erased. But I you don't know want what? you to forget what yeah, you did. <laughs> right. But it's never, it's, it's always going to be there mm. in the past. It's that effort to feel the lure of that, the, the, the desire to keep looking at that again mm. and doing all that, but the effort instead to begin turning around and facing the other way. Yeah, I mean, that's work. That is, it is intentional. And it reminds me of a quote. I'll read it real quick. It says, life is too short to start your day with broken pieces of yesterday. Hmm. It will definitely destroy your wonderful today and ruin your great tomorrow. If you're constantly looking towards the past and looking at the broken pieces, that's all you're ever going to see. Yeah. Unless you make that choice and make that effort to move in a different direction, it's not going to change. So forgiveness at some level is not just a feeling, but it's a discipline yeah. as well. I have had a series of trickle truths over the last 10 months, the last one being three months ago. So that realization caused me to go into some really ugly, nasty, mean places in the last three months that was really not good for me or our relationship or our family. And I basically awoke one day after a particularly ugly evening and realized that I was not a mean, nasty person, and I could not stay in this mean, nasty state because of what had happened to me and to my family. So if forgiveness is more like a detente, you never forget and you just choose to move on for yourself and for your family and for the sanctity of what marriage you had and the joy that you shared. So we've talked about getting clarity, Mm -hmm. then making the choice, am I going to move towards forgiveness or Mm -hmm. not? Then putting in the effort to actually put that into practice Mm -hmm. because it doesn't just happen naturally once you decide to do it. And it also is not going to go perfectly either. You'll make mistakes. So what, what comes after the effort? So the last stage would be deepening. Now you find meaning and growth in your suffering. It becomes what have I learned as an individual What have I learned in my relationship that now I can find meaning in what I've been through so I can then move forward in a way that brings meaning to my suffering? I think a lot of people would rather skip this step. Sure. Yeah. You know, I don't want to find meaning in my suffering. I just want to be done with it. Right. But the problem with that is it's part of your story. Right. There's no going back and erasing that chapter. So if you're able to find meaning from that chapter in a way that you can move forward in a healthy way, whether that's in your relationship or not, you're going to be better off because of it. Well, I think that's an important part of understanding the healing process, Mm. this deepening stage of forgiveness. For some people, I think their idea of healing is how do I erase the pain? How do I erase the memory? Mm -hmm. How do I erase that? And if that is your goal, good luck. You're setting yourself up for failure. This is the hard part of healing is recognizing I can't undo this pain. I can't undo this betrayal. It's actually important for both spouses if they're going to cooperate in the healing process. Both have to be willing to step into the pain of all of this Mm -hmm. and learn something from it and allow it to change them. Yeah. The unfaithful spouse, 
has to be willing to engage in the difficult understanding of what they've done and the injury they've caused others and what this tells them about themselves Mm -hmm. if they're going to move towards healthy change. But the betrayed spouse also has to be willing to move into this painful process and understand it and know what it means once they've understood it to begin letting it go. But it's difficult. You don't, you you wish for the morning you could wake up and everything's gone and it will get better. Mm -hmm. But an affair changes your life and it Mm -hmm. changes your relationship. And the only way to get to healing and the only way to move through forgiveness is by going through this deepening stage where you learn from the pain, learn the kinds of things that change you and Mm -hmm. change your relationship in positive ways. I think this is where you start seeing that decrease in negative emotions too, where Mm. the anger, the bitterness starts to fall away and you're able to be more present in the moment. You're more able to be a healthy person. When a couple is sitting in my office, we've worked through the forgiveness. They've made a choice to forgive and they've even put in some of the effort. But in this deepening stage, they don't want to engage in the pain and the disappointment anymore. Mm. They have an expectation I just want to feel better. Then when pain comes up, when it turns into anger, when Mm -hmm. it turns into accusation, to me, that's the evidence. Forgiveness hasn't finished its work. Maybe it started, Mm. but you've got to continue to focus on what forgiveness means. Because if it's coming out as anger and accusation, then forgiveness is unfinished. It's still in process. In process. I think that's a good point. It's not failure. Mm -hmm. Don't have to look at it and go, oh, I see I can't forgive. Yeah. No, it's just hard. This is a great offense. It requires great forgiveness. So you have to keep going back to that choice. Right. I think it's important, like you just said, to realize that progress and growth towards forgiveness, towards healing, it's not a straight line up. Hmm. It looks more like a roller coaster where there's ups and downs and flips and turns. So don't get discouraged if you're in a down part, but know that you're still working your way up. Absolutely. That's a normal part of Mm -hmm. the process. That's a normal part of forgiving. And you'll find that once this stage is really taken hold that you're more understanding not just with your spouse or partner but with other people in general and you have the ability to connect with others in a way that maybe you weren't able to before i I agree with that you're getting at how it begins to affect a person even at an emotional level Mm -hmm. at a feeling level so let's talk about that because when forgiveness is just presented as well this is a choice you make it sounds like Fake it till you make it. And there are people who feel, I've been faking this a long time. When does it turn into a feeling of Mm. release? When does it feel like something's been taken off my shoulder? When is the weight gone? When do I experience more freedom? Isn't that what forgiveness is supposed to do? Yeah, I think when when you get there, that is. That's part of what you're going to feel is that release of I'm not holding on to that bitterness and the anger. And I'm not just clenching my fist, not willing to let it go. You'll experience that. And it might be you experience it for a few days and maybe you go back a little bit and then it comes again. But eventually over time, it becomes more and more that feeling of I'm able to talk about what happened and not turn towards that anger place. And I'm able to connect with others in a way that I wasn't able to before because that's the feeling I have now. Mm -hmm. It becomes a way of life almost. So the experience of greater release, freedom, peace, Mm. maybe even happiness at some point. Yeah. All of that can come out of the ongoing effort and deepening work of forgiveness in a person's life. Yeah. Now, to be fair, forgiveness, we would say, can happen in a person's life whether or not the betrayer is truly remorseful and repentant about what they've done. We can still choose to forgive. Absolutely, and I think that's a huge point I hope people get, that your forgiveness isn't dependent on what somebody else does. Right. 
But I would also say, on an emotional level, there is something unique that can happen when the person that hurts you comes to you with sincere regret and remorse, and you get the sense that this person finally understands Mm -hmm. how they hurt me, and there's genuine sorrow being expressed then our ability to forgive has an emotional release that's it's kind of hard to get to sometimes when we're just doing it on our own. Yeah, it does kind of accelerate, I yes. think, the process when you have that moment. But that moment is not required for forgiveness. I agree. I agree. What are some of the obstacles that people then face when they're trying to move towards forgiveness? I think it's very common for the person who's been offended, the wounded spouse, to feel that if I forgive them, somehow that's a weak response. Mm. A lot of people have this picture in their mind that if anybody were ever to cheat on me, then the strong response is going to be to immediately leave this relationship, walk out, you know, and that's the picture of confidence and strength. And they sit in the office and they say, I can't believe I'm here. I never thought I'd be this person trying to work on the relationship and stay. Well, I think there can be bad reasons to stay mm-hmm. in a marriage if, if you're just doing that out of fear or insecurity. But if you're staying out of the strength of, I care about this relationship, I love this person, and this is a deep wound, but I want to move towards forgiveness, that's not weakness. No, I would say that's courageous. Yeah, It takes a lot of courage to say that I'm not going to walk away. I want to fight for this relationship, even though this has been done to me. Yeah. Even though I'm fully justified in leaving, I'm going to stay anyway because this is what's important to me. Sometimes people equate forgiveness with excuse. Mm. If I'm forgiving this, I'm just excusing it. So that means they can do it again. Sure. Yeah. I mean, that's fear, I think, a lot of times. Yeah. Once I forgive, then they've got permission. Oh, good. Now I can go out and start it all over again. So it's important to understand, like we've said before, forgiveness is not saying it's okay or it's an excuse for what they did. It just means I'm not going to let what you did affect me for the rest of my life. Right. It doesn't mean it's okay. Well, I think it's also important to draw out the distinction between forgiveness and trust. Mm. Forgiveness is not the same thing as trust. No. You can do the work of forgiveness. In other words, I'm no longer going to keep going to the past Mm. and bringing up the past. It is part of our story. It's always going to be part of our story. But forgiveness allows me to start moving forward on what are we becoming? What am I becoming? What is this relationship becoming? But trust is a different issue. Yeah, You can choose to forgive and yet you're not trusting yet. In fact, you may choose to forgive and never trust that person again. That's probably the end of your marriage or Mm -hmm. relationship. Or you can be in a marriage and say, I'm still willing to work on this. I forgive you. Let's deal with the present and the future. No longer have to keep dealing with the past, but I don't trust you. That's going to take time for me to establish Mm -hmm. trust in you again. So many times betrayed partners falsely accuse someone of not forgiving them because they're not trusting them. Yeah, they're two separate things. Yeah, you need to trust. You said you forgave me, so yeah. you just need to quit asking me, you know, questions about what I'm doing today yeah. or whatever. That's a different issue. Totally different. Yeah. Uh, another obstacle I think would be that it makes me vulnerable. If I forgive you and I move forward, that it makes me vulnerable to hurt again. Yeah. That I'm allowing something to happen again. Right. Yeah, forgiveness does kind of take down some of the walls. Mm. So I guess part of the answer to that is you're right. Yeah, The work of forgiveness is a vulnerable choice. But you will never get to intimacy and trust unless you're willing to move through vulnerability. Mm -hmm. If you want to play it safe so that you're never hurt or disappointed again, you can do that, but you're sacrificing intimacy. Mm -hmm. 
One example of vulnerable forgiveness that made a significant impact on my life was the story of Corey Ten Boom. In World War II, Corey's family in Holland protected Jews by hiding them from the Germans. Eventually, they were caught, and Corey Ten Boom, along with her sister Betsy, was taken to a concentration camp. They faced all the atrocities that we've become very familiar with from stories of other survivors. And in the camp, Corey's sister Betsy died. Her story is one of faith and grace and forgiveness. And in her book, The Hiding Place, she tells this story of her eventual encounter with one of the German guards from the camp. It was in a church in Munich that I saw him, a balding, heavy-set man in a gray overcoat, a brown felt hat clutched between his hands. People were filing out of the basement room where I had just spoken. It was 1947, and I had come from Holland to defeated Germany with the message that God forgives. The solemn faces stared back at me, not quite daring to believe. There were never questions after a talk in Germany in 1947. People stood up in silence, in silence collected their wraps, in silence left the room. And that's when I saw him, working his way forward against the others. One moment, I saw the overcoat and the brown hat. The next, a blue uniform and a visored cap with its skull and crossbones. It came back with a rush. The huge room with its harsh overhead lights, the pathetic pile of dresses and shoes in the center of the floor, the shame of walking naked past this man. I could see my sister's frail form ahead of me, ribs sharp beneath the parchment skin. Betsy, how thin you were. Betsy and I had been arrested for concealing Jews in our home during the Nazi occupation of Holland. This man had been a guard at Ravensbrück concentration camp where we were sent. Now, he was in front of me, hand thrust out. A fine message, Fräulein. How good it is to know that, as you say, all our sins are at the bottom of the sea. And I, who had spoken so glibly of forgiveness, fumbled in my pocketbook rather than take that hand. He would not remember me, of course. How could he remember one prisoner among those thousands of women? But I remembered him and the leather crop swinging from his belt. It was the first time since my release that I had been face to face with one of my captors, and my blood seemed to freeze. You mentioned Ravensbrook in your talk, he was saying. I was a guard in there. I know God has forgiven me for the cruel things I did there, but I would like to hear it from your lips as well, Fräulein. Again the hand came out. Will you forgive me? I stood there and could not. Betsy had died in that place. Could he erase her slow, terrible death simply for the asking? It could not have been many seconds that he stood there, hand held out, but to me it seemed hours as I wrestled with the most difficult thing I had ever had to do. For I had to do it, I knew that. The message that God forgives has a prior condition, that we forgive those who have injured us I knew it not only as a commandment of God, but as a daily experience. 
Since the end of the war, I had had a home in Holland for victims of Nazi brutality. Those who were able to forgive their former enemies were also able to return to the outside world and rebuild their lives, no matter what the physical scars. Those who nursed their bitterness remained invalids. It was as simple and as horrible as that. And still, I stood there with the coldness clutching my heart. But forgiveness is not an emotion. I knew that too. Forgiveness is an act of the will, and the will can function regardless of the temperature of the heart. God, help me, I prayed silently. I can lift my hand. I can do that much. You supply the feeling. And so woodenly, mechanically, I thrust my hand into the one stretched out to me. And as I did, an incredible thing took place. The current started in my shoulder, raced down my arm, sprang into our joined hands. And then this healing warmth seemed to flood my whole being, bringing tears to my eyes. I forgive you, brother, I cried, with all my heart. For a long moment, we grasped each other's hands, the former guard and the former prisoner. I had never known God's love so intensely as I did then. I wish I could say that merciful and charitable thoughts just naturally flowed from me from then on, but they didn't. Help came in the form of a kindly pastor to whom I confessed my failure after two sleepless weeks. Up in that church tower, he said, nodding out the window, is a bell which is rung by pulling on a rope. But you know what? After the sexton lets go of the rope, the bell keeps on swinging. First ding, then dong, slower and slower until there's a final dong and it stops. I believe the same thing is true of forgiveness. When we forgive someone, we take our hand off the rope. But if we've been tugging at our grievances for a long time, we mustn't be surprised if the old angry thoughts keep coming for a while. They're just the ding-dongs of the old bell slowing down. And so it proved to be. There were a few more midnight reverberations, a couple of dings when the subject came up in my conversation, but the force, which was my willingness in the matter, had gone out of them. They came less and less often, and at last stopped altogether. There's one quote about forgiveness that we've often repeated. Forgiveness is giving up the hope that your past could be any different. Yeah. That's, that's powerful when you really understand it. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where you are in this journey of forgiveness. Maybe you've recently found out about betrayal. Mm. Maybe it's been several months. Maybe for some of you, it's been years. Wherever you are right now, there is a next step towards forgiveness that you can take. We encourage you to begin stepping towards forgiveness. And if you're someone who has already done the work and you've allowed forgiveness to take its place and it's deepened in your life, continue to live in the grace of forgiveness. Your life will be better. Your relationship will have more hope and it will lead you towards healing. The Recovery Room Podcast is a resource provided by AffairHealing.com. For more information about the podcast and resources for a fair recovery, 
including archives of past programs and the schedule for upcoming ones, please go to affairhealing.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Tim Tedder. See you next time.